it shows me about the character of our pastor, you know, that he's not trying to make everybody be like him as far as as far as um every one of us like a, a fingerprint you probably heard that before but we all have a unique aspect that God's not really trying to change he's not trying to change the color of your hair he's not trying to change the fact that you know whatever you're you're <laughs> if you dress modestly you know if your favorite color is blue he probably gave you that favorite color you know um, you know He's not trying to make me look exactly like Mark, but but on a spiritual level, the character of Christ, as, as, as my pastor continues to follow after Christ and expose himself to the Lord for, for change and transformation and, and, um, or confirmation, um, and as he continues to be more like Christ, you know, like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ even as I follow Christ. And so, you know, Paul had not yet arrived, but someone who loves and appreciates, you know, um, you know, we should, we should pray exactly how we would want to pray for ourselves. I believe that the Lord has planted, the Bible talks about an incorruptible seed, you know, um, it's the same seed that the Lord planted in David's heart, and he became the poster child for one who's after God's heart. Mm -hmm. And so how the Bible talks about the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak, yeah. our flesh is not after God's heart, mm -hmm. you know, right. uh, right. but, but our spirit is, mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, that, that new man, you know, that, that doesn't change, you know, um, except it, it's Christ in us. So as Christ grew up as a human, we all know he's God. And if anybody doesn't, you know, maybe you could talk to Marcus later. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, anyhow, you know, um, but, but as a human, he humbled himself to become one of us. And uh, as a human, you know, he grew up, you know, but he, he, he was a man after God's heart, you know, um, you know, as God, he was God, but as a man, you know, he was constantly, I want to get to know my daddy more, I want to get to know my daddy more, you know, um, and, uh, so anyhow, I was instructed that we don't have to, uh, we just have to be led of the Lord, you know, just to feel after the spirit and, um, so I'm thankful, you know, that Lillian had been seeking God, and the Lord laid it on her heart. If I wasn't seeking God, I wouldn't have been able to sense that that was a good thing, you know, have the children come up. Actually, the Lord did lay something like that on my heart, but obviously it wasn't for me, you know, to... Um, Initiate that it was for Lillian, but you know we're a body. But um, but you know I'm in agreement with it. Um, the, the awesome thing is, is as God continues to humble us, sure He He wants to grow us up into manhood. There's a difference between childishness and childlikeness. 
wants to get the childish, child, childishness out, but he wants to make us more like children. Children are dependent upon their parents, you know? Um, he wants to make us dependent, fully dependent upon him for everything, you know? And that's really the key to manhood or womanhood. It's the key to victory, you know? Um, the key to defeat is exactly what the devil sold Eve and Adam. But, you know, which is, you don't really need God. God's actually hoping that you won't find out that, you know, if you become independent from him, you can be your own God. You know, it's the, it's the, very, the very thing that entered into the devil himself's mind and caused him to rebel against God, you know, we all know how that worked out for him, um, is the same, you know, uh, lie that he continues to, and if we're in our flesh, if our flesh is alive, it's, it's because of that lie, however it comes, it might come in many different forms, but it's that, still that same, same lie, um, but, uh, So, does anybody, does anybody have a testimony or just something that um, the Lord has been working in your life? It could be anything, you know. God wants us to be transparent and you can just ask him for help, you know, to give you the love or the courage or whatever it needs you know, you, we need so carry. So <clears throat> I was thinking about a situation the other day where uh, somebody, I was walking uh, in the senior center going out the door and the woman's like, hey you don't need any assistance but now I know I'm not to say to her hey, you know, I need God's assistance. Amen. Uh, Amen. That's good. Amen. I was drilled in my head when I was younger you must be as independent as possible. Well, that doesn't really work out too well. So I'm glad I can do, be dependent on God. Amen. 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 You know, it's kind of weird because your dependence on God will free you from, it will actually make you independent from the things that you need to be free from. You know, the enemy wants to make you dependent upon him or upon chemicals or upon a system, you know, or upon false religion or whatever it is you know um yeah well we can we can uh have the fourth of july <laughs> no what i mean is we can we should seek for independence from that but but you're right on carrie um that your your dependence upon god is is really the key to uh independence from the devil you know that's your key to freedom um One thing I know is that the enemy, he creeps in. He creeps in. I mean, otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have said synagogue of Satan, right? If, 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 if the devil wouldn't try to creep in, you know, to the church, you know. Um, and having, I know he's crept into my life, and I, every day, 
every week. Um, I'm constantly in need of God's examination, self-examination, and as I grow in the deeper levels, I, I humble myself and I, with my wife, with my pastor, and with whoever the Lord has shown me, um, that I have opened myself up to them for not just the good stuff, you know, for correction, you know, um, for whatever, whatever is needed for, for me to, um, uh, to go deeper with the Lord, you know, um, and, uh, so there's some things that the Lord has been just re bringing up, you know, because although Marcus said, you don't have to do it just like me, there are certain things that I have seen that's more, it's just biblical. It's biblical. There's, there's many things that are, should be imitated, you know, in that man's life, but, um, but I know what he meant, but, um, anyhow, I lost that train of thought, <laughs> but, uh, I was going somewhere, maybe the Lord will bring that back, but, um, uh, the Lord had brought some things, oh, here's what it was, the Lord's teaching him not to just study for a, a message it's almost like what Brother Jefferson said. You don't study to preach, you study to know God. And as you get to know God, you'll have plenty to speak about. Amen. You know, you'll, you'll be interacting with him. And he'll be giving you things, what to say in that, in that time. And um, so I'm learning, you know, to just pour out my heart before God. And many times, he's making a message out of you before he gives you a message. You know, he'll allow you to get into a mess or what I mean is it could be persecution it could be allowing you to feel your weakness allowing you to bringing some stuff to a surface that you need to get out of your life in order to humble you how could you preach how could you step on the scales and start warning other people or correcting other people if you don't receive correction if you don't humble yourself and allow God to rebuke you um, or or um, uh, correct correct you, you know. Um, one thing I know is God loves me. He, he loved us enough to die for us while we were enemies, while we were children of wrath, while we were alienated from the life of God. But he loves us too much to keep Amen. us in that condition. Amen. You know, he didn't die to keep me an enemy. There aren't going to be any enemies of God in heaven. And so on this earth, I cannot expect to just have it my way. I'm bought with a price. I don't have a, I don't have a say in one sense. And here's, here's the awesome thing. My flesh doesn't have a say, but my spirit is in agreement with God. And he'll give me things to say. You know, and yet not I, but Christ, you know. Paul had a way of just giving all the glory to God. You know, in case, you, in case you're wondering... You know, um, did God, God call me to come up and, you know, put on a show? And no, actually, God put me through the furnace of affliction 
in order to get the flesh out of the way so that Jesus could say something, you know, um, uh, or whatever he wants to do. If we're in a season where we're not seeing as many miracles, you know, God is a God of balance because this is not just about miracles. Yes, that is an awesome thing. Let's not create some man-made doctrine that takes miracles out. But if we're going through a season, by the way, there are miracles going on, but a lot of it's soul, God's doing the soul work. What good is it if we, it's just a surface level miracle that doesn't do anything to change us and and our relationship. I think that, that stuff wears thin with God. If we're all about the miracles and not the miracle maker, not the miracle giver, you know, uh, what kind of a father would want their children to just be gold diggers all about the money or all about what the father could provide or the mother giving all that love and affection and not getting any respect back, not getting any honor back, not getting any intimacy back, not obeying anything. I think no matter how long-suffering God is, the Bible says he resists the proud, that um, there's certain things that he's not shy about doing, you know? Um, uh, in his time, you know, look, think about Nadab and Abihu, you know? You think that they were expecting to be fried? Or, or there are certain things, you know, we don't want to provoke him like that. Um, but so God wanted to give some encouragement. God wanted to give some warning. These are things that I would not want to bring up. Love covers a multitude of sins. So God's not trying to point anybody out. This is something that everyone in here can allow the Holy Spirit to deal with them. And uh, on an individual level. And, and, and um, but I've learned, God, whatever you have to do, you know, um, please love, you know, thank you that you love me enough Amen. to tell me the Amen. truth in love, Amen. you know. scripture that God has been giving me and he told me share it because this is good not just for you this is good for all of my people you know my word is not a private interpretation it's good for all of my people mm-hmm. you know um, before I go there let's go to 2 Timothy 3.16 and we'll just get some foundational stuff I'm thankful. I don't think until I came to this church that I had ever really appreciated or even heard it preached um, or emphasized about Peter. It is expedient for you. And I know that's not 2 Timothy. But it is expedient to you for, for me to bring to remembrance the things to your remembrance and remind you of the things that you are well established in. 
but it's not the King James version, but it's uh, it's definitely um, accurate. Um, why? Because we have flesh. I don't know about you, but after watching some movie, it's hard for me to remember what was preached. You know, God. That's why God says sometimes, get out, get you know, lay aside every weight and, and distraction. You know, um, or it might not even be that. It might be some other kind of distraction coming from the enemy. And, and so God knows what we're up against and why we need reminding of things that we're well established in. We can't afford to just have that. And I've had this know-it-all mentality, you know, where I already know that. But he's there's a difference between knowing it in our head and knowing it on a, even in our hearts. But yet, on this level, he wants to go deeper and higher, you know. Um, so I can always, God, please keep making room for me to know your word, whatever it is, on a deeper level. Um, and that's part of being childlike um, towards God. Um, so 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and we know that that's not man's opinions or anything we're talking about teaching foundation instruction that has been has come from heaven you know god god's doctrine you know um and um let's see doctrine for reproof there there's that again Re, again, repetition, you know, proof, you know, um, when you prove something, you're proving the worth of it, you're testing it, you're, you're, you're um, examining it, you're, you're putting it into action, you know, um, re-establishing it, you know, the reality of it. You ever, you ever heard a word and it went right in the ear and out the other? Well, re-proof is like re-driving it home to the heart. You know, um, proof that reminds me of evidence, you know, faith, talking about faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the proof, um, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Um, so, and then, and here, so I've always, God has taught me to pay attention to the order. So we see doctrine, that's foundation, Right. Then we see reproof. That's like establishing the foundation, you know? And then you have correction. That's so that the foundation can be built on. There needs to be some corrections. I'm sure you know probably more than I do about carpentry um, that... Uh, you know, you gotta. Th th there's gotta be times, phases in the building of a house, where who's ever the foreman or whatever has to come in and examine the electrical, the plumbing, the painting. You know, the staff. You know, the foundation before you can come and finish. You know, uh, and and our wise master craftsmen. You know, the master of masters. 
carpenter of carpenters spiritually and physically, but um, he, he, he's doing that. He's doing that, you know, uh, in, in our lives, you know, search me, O oh God, you know, um, know my heart, see if there be any wicked way in me, because this house that you're building, we are the house. And so he's got to check to see what is of the enemy and what is of him. And be encouraged. There's people in the Bible, I wouldn't want it for anybody, but there's people in the Bible that even got handed over to Satan, but it wasn't for the destruction of their soul. It was only for the destruction of their flesh. Right. You know? Uh, I think I have been at times. I think, or at least it's felt like it. There have been times where it felt like I was handed over. I'm talking about in times past, there, there was just either that much rebellion in me. By the way, another thing. God, why did God choose me to come here right now? Could it be that he's put me through a lot of the things that he might be having me share so that I'm not ex by his grace it's not about exalting myself no like I'm one of you you know um, so I, 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 I can't afford to exalt myself above any one of you you know um, wherever God puts me you know, in nature, the strong trees are the ones that have deep roots. It talks about the levels of soil, and we know that that's the heart. But there was one soil that didn't have any depth of earth. You know, but there, David, who we know, he, he got pretty deep. He went really deep. But it says he said, the plowers have plowed my back. You know, we think of breaking up the fallow ground, right? Well, David was a, a man like us. God knew what it was going to take in order to make him who he was destined to be. You know? So God had to allow the plows to plow him, to plow up that fallow ground in his heart, to get him fully dependent upon God, crying out to God. You know, and um, through that process, he, God would manifest himself. You know, it was through that humbling process. Okay, now I can exalt you, but I have to humble you first. You know, um, religion will take, it'll be all doom and gloom, or, or it'll be all fluff. You know what I mean? All the good stuff. Without hearing about, well, it's all good, you know, like, you know, come let us return unto the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal. They knew of assurance. God said, write that down. I will heal. I had to tear you first because you had rebellion in your heart. And you know what? I'm not coming to you like, like every single molecule of foolishness is driven out of my heart. Or every molecule. There may be things. It says cleanse me from secret faults. Things that I don't even know of. 
There may be things in our hearts that we are not aware of. The Bible talks about blindness in part. He was talking about believers who were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And um, so lately, you know, um, like I told I told Marcus, I said. I open myself up. I open myself up first to God. But I open myself up to you. If there's anything, you know, because I trust God's, I trust God's work in your life. You know, I've been through enough with you, sought God for myself, and been through a lot of process where God has had to Teach me, you know. He's had to teach me a lot of things, you know. And uh, I'm just thankful. The Bible says that God chastens those who he loves. And I've never heard it before. So Marcus, um, he said that word just means to make chaste like a virgin, you know. We think of it like, man, you know, getting beat, you know. Um, well, you know, sometimes, you know, scourge sure does sound like that, but, um, uh, there's something beautiful, man, when love is in it. uh, Fathers and mothers are admonished not to spank their kids in wrath, you know, and I I agree with that. And I think it it hurts God more than it hurts us when, when he has to. When he has to go there, you know. Um, but one thing's for sure, he went there. You know, he went there worse than we'll ever go through. You know, we'll be dealing with groups of people or individuals, but he dealt with the whole world and all of the kingdom of darkness. And um, he's in reality. Not only is he doing the heavy work, he's doing, the Bible says we are his workmanship. So really, an unprofitable servant, when he's in his right mind, will give all the credit and glory to God. Even if he labored abundantly, because it was God. Anything that's worth its salt in the kingdom of God is fleshless, you know. It's, uh, the flesh is fried on the altar, you know. You know, here's the thing. This is not meant to discourage anybody. Wood, hay, and stubble. The Bible talks about wood, hay, and stubble. We might have precious stones. And God might have to turn up the heat so that the wood, hay, and stubble gets burnt up. But he will preserve everything that's of him in our lives. He's faithful. He's faithful. And everything that is of him he is out to preserve and improve upon. You know, Brother Jeffers talks about the gospel is not just about what you've gained, it's about what you've lost. You know, Paul said, I have lost all things for the sake of Jesus Christ, you know, that I might gain him. What's the all things that he's talking about? Well, really, it's just everything 
that gets in the way of gaining Christ. Um, you know, uh, we can make an idol out of anything. But if we take the idolatry out of it, and it, it was of God to begin with, a good and perfect gift that comes from the Father of Lights, like a godly wife or, or whatever it is, if we take the idolatry out of it, he will preserve it. If we make an idol out of it, he'll have to come against the idol. He'll have to do some severing until it is where it needs to be. Our, our, my marriage with my wife, has um, God has had to come against me. God has had to humble her sometimes, you know. If there's a spirit of strife, God has had to teach me the war is not against flesh and blood, how to humble myself and repent on my, of my stuff and even on behalf of her and then come and be like... And sometimes you might not be able to immediately, but you just keep pouring out your heart to God. Keep pouring out and God will bring peace. He will minister to the other party and, and, and you know... Um, if it wasn't for the Lord, man, on every level, you know, I already know I would already be in hell, you know. Um, he showed me where I was going. Thank God he allowed nightmares to come into my life big time to where I woke up the whole cell block, you know. And even some people were in the background laughing. Know, the tough guys, you know. When I say tough guys, I'm talking about hardcore gang members, you know what I mean? Um, I don't mean that to scare anybody. You know, praise God where he's delivered me from. You know? uh, if I just gave you the cookie cutter version, you wouldn't know how mighty God is to save. You wouldn't know to what great degree. You would just think that he, he comes to save everything. Uh, Everybody who's got it all together. Well, I bear the marks of someone who, at some point in time, I didn't have it all together, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, praise God. Anyhow, so back to that scripture that God gave me. It's in Psalm 140. It says, deliver me, O Lord. I'll give people time if you want to go there. Um, and back in the day, in Paul's day, not everybody had a copy of the scriptures. So the hearing of the word was very important. You know? And I'm not saying that it's good that everybody brought their Bibles, and I think that's better. The Bereans, right? says they searched the scriptures. Somehow they got their hands, they were probably sharing a copy. But, uh, it was rare to see a bunch of people with Bibles because they weren't. Um, they definitely didn't have a GPS system built in. Um, so these people had to really develop um, some serious discipline um, and lean hard on the Lord, you know, um, to help them. You know, to hide the word, you know, like David, hide it in my heart. Lord, I humble myself. I pray that you would prepare all of us. We don't want there to be times when there's not access to Bibles, but Lord, I pray that you would prepare all of us 
help us to get your word, more of your word in our hearts, to store it up, and to lean on your spirit, to bring to remembrance um, when we need it. And I believe he will, he will do that. He's faithful. Um, so anyhow, so deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their heart. Continually are they gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who have purposed to overthrow my goings. The proud have hidden a snare for me in cords. They've spread a net by the wayside. They have set gins for me. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Further not his wicked device. Before I, I keep going, first of all, you may be thinking, why is he reading this? Is he pointing the finger at everybody else? Or is he just admonishing us to that this is a good prayer to pray against our enemies. First of all, yes, it is an awesome prayer to pray against our enemies. But I'm so thankful for that foundational scripture in Romans 7 where Paul talks about the enemy inside of his own soul. I've found God's word when, when we humble ourselves with the Spirit's help. We can't humble ourselves without the Holy Spirit. So spirit and in truth, the letter kills. You ever read the, the word of God and it feels like you feel like it's coming against you? Like, or like it's like brass, the heavens are as brass, like it's impenetrable. Sometimes that has to do with how alive our flesh is. Uh, but really God is trying to get us to press even deeper until something like Dr. Jeffers talked about, pray until something happens. Praise until something happens, you know. Um, but uh, there may be rebellion in our hearts. But God is awesome to allow trials to humble us. And then when we're humbled, boom, this comes alive. And boom, the first place it goes is to the flesh. Remember, our enemy is threefold. The world, the flesh, and the devil. The Apostle John talks about the threefold enemy, you know? It's the truth. It's not just some man-made doctrine. Maybe the coining of that word threefold enemy might not be in the Bible, but it's it's there. You know, in concept, it's there. You know, um, there are three categories of enemies, you know, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And the devil involves every aspect of the demonic hierarchy. Every single chain of command, but it's all under the headship of the devil. That's why he said the devil. But the devil is in charge of the whole kingdom of darkness and um, the world. Same thing. You can probably trace the authority all the way up to like one guy, and 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 for sure there will be one guy, the man of sin who has an anointing from the devil that is like, boom, 
All the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in, in, in Jesus. All the fullness of Satan will dwell in, in the man of sin. You know, but right now you have, it says many antichrists have come. So you have antichrists in this world. And so there are people in levels of authority that are either given over to God or, or given over to, to Satan. And uh, we can't serve two masters. And, and thank God for the process of sifting the, uh, the, uh, uh, the threshing floor, right? That, um, that threshes our, our, our souls, you know, our hearts, our minds, um, sifting to, to get the wheat to separate the tares from the wheat. You know, God showed me that's not just us pitting ourselves against you. I wonder who's, who's the wheat and who's the tares. No, no. God's saying, you have wheat and tares. You are part of my harvest. And I am, your soul is what I'm after. The devil is called what? The enemy of our souls. So then what's Jesus? He's the opposite. He's after our soul. He's the ultimate soul winner. Um, and if we are in a right relationship with him, we will do what he does. He will be able to win souls through us. Amen. But, um, so, anyhow, I have found, not just this scripture, there's a lot of scriptures, but this is one of the scriptures God gave me to, to have dominion over my flesh, you know? And I'm not saying this is the only one, this is the master key. I'm just saying that, um, so deliver me from the evil man. There's been times when I feel like a certain generational curse or a spirit is trying to come upon me in such a heavy way, I almost feel like I don't have any power over it. And the truth is, without the Lord, I would not be able to have any power over it. And, um, but I found that if I leaned all of my weight, and I'm not just talking physical weight, but that's part of it. That's some, sometimes the reasons that I'm led by the Spirit to, to get on my face for God. And, and there are biblical postures. We can make it a religion, but if God is leading you to get on your face, get on your face. If God's leading you to get on your knees, get on your knees. It helps. As it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. You know? Um... Uh, you know, if you're physically unable to do so, that's a whole another thing. God looks at the heart, so we're not trying to make any kind of... But um, uh, one thing's for sure, I don't get on my face in here or, or in, my, in my apartment to, to try to impress anybody. It, it's, it, it helps me. It helps me. Amen. Sometimes I'm laying on my bed. And it's just like, okay, what I'm the breach between me and God right now is such where I feel like I have to get off my comfort zone and get to a place of submission, you know. And so I just get off my bed and get get on the on the carpet. It helps me personally, you know. Um, but but I find scriptural, you know. And it's not a magic thing. There, there have, we have to be led of the Lord, you know. 
But um, there are certain things. I had a problem speaking in tongues, you know, um, because a long time ago, I was in what they call the Reformed faith. I was a part of like a Reformed Presbyterian um, church. There was a lot of good, a lot of truth, but there was a lot of stuff that wasn't of the Lord. And uh, one of those things was they taught that, you know, tongues, they interpreted it wrong. They tried to say it was um, the ability, like a linguist, the gift of interpreting languages. But um, try interpreting the tongues of an angel, you know what I mean? With, with any man-made reasoning, you know, good luck. Um, but, uh, no, God had to show me. He had to humble me to the dust, have me sell all my books, the theological books, you know, the interpretations of man. Abby, look, a spider. No, I'm just um, um, I should probably get down with an afro or something. But, um, yeah, anyhow. Um, so, yeah, God, God said, okay, you, you've gleaned enough, but there's too many opinions of man. I got to... I got to sever that. So he put me in a situation where I had to sell all that stuff. And he's like, his Holy Spirit, like, you're okay. I got you. I got you. You know, there were some truths. I believe that it was a good stepping stone. Mark Hamby Sr., Mark Hamby's dad, wrote this really cool booklet. And it talked about the different stepping stones. Like, where did William Seymour come from? Dude, he was a Baptist. But there were certain things in the Baptist, whatever, faith that he, he gleaned from that were real. And so God allowed that umbrella for a season. But when he was ready to go deeper, God, you know, like, like the disciples of John the Baptist, boom. You know, whatever. The denomination had to decrease uh, in order to increase his revelation, you know. And so, but, but, but he had a wise thing. He said, don't speak against the stepping stone. There's a lot of things we could say about man-made religion. I think God says, don't hold back on that. Listen to me. Wolves, vipers. Generation of vipers. Who told you? Who told you? Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? I mean, God doesn't hold back when it comes to false religion. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real things, real people. There are people who I'm praying for right now that God used to help me to go deeper with the Lord because they had Christ-like character that was real, real powerful prayers. But yet they, they had not yet uh, received full full truth or or whatever. But they were powerful men of God. Who am I to judge them or try to send them to hell? Or no, I should just be praying for them, and I should still not think of myself as greater than them. You know, um, I should be thankful for what the Lord has given me, not be ashamed of it. But I should be praying for them. You know, um, because. They did stuff that no counselor could do when I was in prison. All the money that 
the powers that be could try to put forth to rehabilitate somebody, none of that stuff worked. As a matter of fact, it only made me worse, you know. But God actually gave me revelation that there was going to be two people. I was actually about ready to be transferred to a whole other prison a thousand miles away. You know, uh, but somehow God opened a door and actually gave me a message from another Christian who told me, give this message to so-and-so and so-and-so. I said, and then he said, like, prophetically, you want to get to know these people. You know, like, so I, I kind of had to because I had this message from this guy to give to them. Two messages to each one. One became my pastor for real. Don't, un don't underestimate just because he's an inmate. Paul was an inmate, you know? These people were revolutionized. See, if we listen to the system, if we listen to religion, we will count people out. And God says, I choose that person because of the foolishness that you would think that I can't change somebody and use them in such a mighty way that it will knock your socks off. Amen. You know, um, Amen. I, I purposely chose these people who were misfits, who were the off-scouring of the world. I purposely chose them, and I did such a mighty work in them. Now I'm using them in such a way that not even the president of the United States could help, you know, lead a person to Jesus like these guys. And nobody else might give them any credit, but the Lord, you know, uh, is just mightily on them, you know. Actually, one of those per people had a double life sentence. He's, he's, he was let go. He's, he's free. By the way, that double life sentence was before he was saved, and it was over a 16th of methamphetamine. Um, they have a, a zero tolerance policy in California. The prisons are amazingly overcrowded, but um, are we saying that that 16th, but not, nothing good about that, but that was before he got saved, you know? Um, um, by the time I met him, he was already, God has, had mightily been working on him for over a decade, you know? Did such a mighty work in his life. You know, he used to be a bounty hunter for the Hell's Angels, taking people up, kidnapping them, stealing their drugs, you know, um, wh whatever it was, you know? Um, I'm thankful that he was saved because He's one of those guys, unless you have the right weapons, you can't defend yourself against a guy like this, you know? Um, but thankfully, you know, he was, I've seen him persecuted. I've seen people even physically and him not do anything except meekly still love them, you know what I mean? Most most people just gave him respect. There were some people that the, the enemy, and anyhow, I don't know how we got off on that page, but I think God wants to get just some real raw stuff out there. Amen. Um, Amen. Uh, so I believe that Jesus, well, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, whether I believe that or not. I believe it. 
But he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So his word will never change. And, and he has placed his word, I think it even says above his name, it says above the heavens, you know? So I'm thankful that I can lean my full weight on his word, but lean my full weight on God simultaneously because God is the living word. But um, the, word, we, the word is like the sword, it's the sword of the spirit. Um, but, <clears throat> man, God, God had just given me something good, but it's like, um, man, Lord, would you please bring that back to me? That's <coughs> good, but, um, so, not only is this good to get dominion over our flesh, you're going to have some serious trouble getting victory over the world and definitely going to have trouble getting victory over the devil if you can't get victory over your flesh. Yeah. And Amen. all of this is de dependent upon apart from you, you can do nothing. Relationship. Relationship. Thank God that he loves us enough that if we get it wrong, like the foolish Galatians, been there, done that, Um, that the rod of correction can drive it out, you know, and that God, um, sometimes it's just an admonishment, you know, sometimes our hearts are so hard that it has to go beyond admonishment, you know, and, and in order for us to humble ourselves, God has to maybe allow deeper levels of trials or, or whatever, um, but, uh, to, to remind us, okay, dominion over your flesh is dependent upon me. You don't come to me in, in your strength. God, resist the proud. God, I think you should do it this way. You know, or coming at him like, no, God, I got a better way, you know? Um, or, God, you know, I understand all of us can get passionate in our prayers. I've been there. There's been times where I've said, God, kill me or change me. And I think, or I know, he actually saw beyond my imperfections. And he saw the cry of the heart. And he saw someone who was desperate for change. You know, and he set me up for breakthroughs not, not, not too long after that. But I, I got through a point, points of desperation. You know? Um, deserts. You know? Um... Much loss, much loss. I know what it's like to be fatherless, you know, on a big time scale. I'm not underestimating anybody else's, um, I'm not trying to say my things that I've been through is worse than anybody else, but one thing I can say is I know what it's like, and it's, oh man, it led to so many different, uh, so much destruction, you know, but God bless the broken road. I know it's a, a song, but it's true. God made a way, Amen. you know, God made a way. Amen. God had plans, but I remember him showing me, you know, that if I did not, if I did not give my heart to him, you know, 
that I was going to help. And, and he gave me three scenarios of how it could be. Just like he gave David three choices of how God should deal with his sin. I can either give you over to the hand of the enemy. I can give you, you know, you have these different choices. And David reasoned wisely, Lord, whatever you got to do, but just let it come from you. Because I know you love me and I know you're merciful. And I'll bet Job was written before, maybe even before Genesis. I don't know, but at least around that same time. And David knew about Job. Though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. I put myself in your hands, Lord. Don't give me over the hands of the enemy. Um, but uh, now I remember him lovingly showing me that. But then while he's showing me that, and, and what it was was life in prison just withering away in some security housing unit. That's the shoe. Um, for the incorrigible, you know, the people who are not fit, they're, they're deemed a threat to the safety and security of the institution. And sometimes that could just be by association. Sometimes that could be because you really are a threat. But um, uh, he showed me also, uh, you'll try to you'll try to commit suicide, but you'll do it in such a way that it. Everybody thought you went out in an honorable way. You know, you've seen samurais do that, right? Um, and then the other one is that I would just, I would, I would finally get murdered. I would finally get killed. And those were real things. But he was setting me up for salvation. He was taking away my defenses and using those as real teachers to show me I needed something real beyond religion you know I needed something real you know and um, so he struck me with cancer he struck me with hepatitis C all in the same season and um, very shortly apart from each other malignant not benign um, where they had to carve flesh <laughs> out of me um, uh, but God had his hand on the whole thing but during that time I had asked, been asking God how, how there, there's a bunch of things I could tell you and by the way he did tell me to share some of this stuff so this is not just willy nilly we're not just trying to kill time you know um, but uh, he uh, um he was showing me good things too. He showed me times when I was younger, when he manifested his presence, whether it was my mom praying over me on a bedside when I was younger. There were times when actually, when, when she was praying that I could feel the presence of God, the love of God, you know? I attributed it to my mom, but I knew it was something that had to do with this God that she was praying to. You know, I didn't fully know God at that time, but you know, um, so um, also there was this ministry, and I believe it was totally legit, and that the Lord has actually confirmed it by the Holy Spirit as I have journeyed with Him 
you know, that Karen and Robin Woods were legit and they had a heart and God had given them a vision for neglected and abused children and um, fatherless, orphans, you know, um, you know, whether their dads were in prison or just divorced, you know, whatever it was. And that was my case, you know, and I was either going to be state raised, which I, which I, in one sense I was, you know, um, let's see, it's been since 2007, it's been, it's been 20 years since God got a hold of me, I was 25, when God got a hold of me in prison, when, when I gave my life to him, for real, and he began, he began this salvation process, you know, it's not that he didn't have his hand upon me before, even when I was a kid, there's this song that I love, you may have heard it, not for a moment, I guess Meredith Andrews or whatever, yes. it's a good song, because it talks about even when you, when I felt like you were a million miles away, not for a moment did you forsake me. Mm -hmm. This whole time, I'm learning more and more. Man, I've had a father that's loved me through the whole thing. You know what I mean? Um, in ways that I could not comprehend, even when I thought I hated him. You know, I thought I knew him. And what I thought I knew about him was actually what the devil was telling me. The devil was telling me. The devil manifested himself to me when I was younger. And he told me, I'll be your father. He came to me as an angel of light. He didn't come to me like he was my enemy. You know? And um, he said, you know, there's no way you could be saved. God will not accept you, but I will take care of you. And I'll give you everything you could want. And I remember actually wanting love so bad that I that I actually I didn't give like my full heart or anything but it's like I'm like well if you're really telling me the truth you know count me in and thank God that he loved me too much to leave me in that condition Amen. and to reveal hey you've been duped you've been duped you know and he's shown me Thousands and thousands, countless ways of how true that is. How true that is. Um, but uh, I know that I'm not fatherless anymore. And I know that this word is true when it says that he is the father to the fatherless. And if you're hearing other voices that are, that are not confirming that, Bank on this, it's not God's voice, you know? The devil is a chump, and he has to yell loud. His bark has to be, you know, loud, you know? Uh, God is so awesome that all, all he needs is a still small voice <laughs> to still the avenger, you know? It says that... Basically, he's so great, he, he has to choose foolish ways in order to make it a fair fight with the devil. You know, because if, if God just barely flexes his muscles, you know what I mean? The devil's a god. He's already a defeated enemy. 
But what an awesome plan to just keep defeating him again and again through time, you know, and bringing victory after victory, you know. And there's times when we're going through it and we're feeling like, man, this is a defeat. I'm done. And God just totally turns things around miraculously, you know, but in such a way that we can't say, I did it. I, you know, I got this, God. I don't need you. No way, man. You know, God will actually crown someone with honor. He'll actually honor someone who is an unprofitable servant, who's not out to rob God of the glory. He'll honor that person. You know, I remember when God talked to Gideon. Uh, Gideon's like, why did you even choose me for this? You know, I'm less than the least of everybody in my family. And I can even say that for myself. By the way, I'm not saying that to try to, you know, um, but, you know, um, even Gideon was like blown away. He's like, because it's just so different from religion. It's different from the world. Um, but by the way, the world accepts religion. That's how it's going to become a world, one world religion. Everything that's all of man is earthly, central, demonic, that's not of God, is all going to somehow mesh into a unity under the devil, mock of the beast. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to be united. I don't, want, I don't want to be in that. You know, God, whatever you got to do so that I'm not in that number. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, so having said that, you know, the whole preserve me from the violent man, God has had to, because I'll tell you what, even if I'm receiving persecution, if I get in my flesh, all I'm going to be doing is fighting with the devil's weapons against the devil. That's, that's a, God, the devil loves it when we do that. We're using his materials. It's only going to blow up in our face because the weapons that have been formed against us were meant to destroy us. If we use those weapons, it's going to you know, it's going to blow up in our face. But if we use the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, but mighty for the pulling down of strongholds, which takes dependency upon the Lord. And I'll, I'll leave you guys with this. That, that message from Brother Jeffers was very timely. Uh, that, that God, and it takes a humble man to humble himself to another who's already an apostle, to humble himself under another apostle, to seek the face of God, make sure that it's of the Lord. We're not just getting a bunch of Joel Olstein, you know what I mean? Forgive me, I don't mean to name names, but um, we're not just getting a bunch of stuff, you know, that... Um, you know, uh, but, but it was timely. It was basically God is allowing on a kingdom level a season for some individuals. The season might be longer. Whatever the, the length is that's necessary to get us to that place of dependency that God needs us to be in in order to do what he needs to do through us, but also on a kingdom level that does affect the world, you know, um, uh, 
it was a very timely message that God was allowing things to purposely overwhelm us so that nothing apart from God would work for to deliver us or give us peace or victory or whatever, you know? And I'm so thankful for that word because when you're in that situation, in a hardcore way, that word, you know, that comes in the spirit, you know, and in the spirit, you're hungry for it, you know? Um, the flesh ain't hungry for nothing but bad stuff, but in the spirit, you're hungry, you're desperate because you're in a situation where, boom, it's looking like, yeah, all hell's coming against you, you know? And, um, uh, but I'll tell you what, man, that gets me crying out to God. That thorn in the flesh got Paul crying out to God, you know, fully dependent upon the Lord. You know, anyhow, God bless you guys. Hope you guys got something out of that. I've been praying that God would prepare your hearts. Um, and me too. You know, um, God bless you. Um, one thing, if you wanted to give, give an admonishment, a warning, but in love, humbly beseeching you don't um, the scriptures are given as ensembles whatever examples with warnings um, and I've been praying for God to continue to bring me deeper but he has corrected me many times for my rebellions in the past so I don't come to you as someone exalting myself what I am saying is is that there's power in submission I'm not talking about some unhealthy submission I'm not talking about submitting to the devil I'm talking about submitting to God that's vital and it even says submit yourselves to the governing authorities there's a good example in the Bible of how to handle authority if it ever steps out of line. Okay, There's a balance in the Word of God. God doesn't want us to be Laodiceans. And if you think that that just means lukewarmness, that's part of it. But we have to wonder what brought those conditions on. Because when we're talking Jesus, we're talking heart issues. You know, He always gets to the heart. One thing I learned about God, he, he's always about getting to the heart, you know. Um, and uh, so surface level, lukewarmness, but on a deeper level, the Laodiceans were like modern day full-blown leftists. I don't mean to get in the political realm. I'm just trying to give you an example. But basically it was by the people for the people, not a theocracy. That that's really God, the kingdom of God. We're pressing into that kingdom. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is just to help us to press into the kingdom. Just because you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that we could just live however, you know, it means that you're bought with a price, you are not your own, and that God has sole ownership over you. 
He has sole ownership over everything. The worst place we could be was, is in a situation where we're under the spell of the devil to think everything's okay when it's not okay. If it is okay and God's telling you it's okay, it's okay. But, so Laodiceans, basically what that means is the laity is ruling. Okay? There's balance. God doesn't like that, but he equally doesn't like the Nicolaitan. Try to look up as much as you can. If you look up a bunch of pagan stuff, you'll find Nicholas, good old Saint Nick, jolly old Saint Nicholas. You won't find that in the Bible, though. What I'm really getting at is this. Nicolaitan doesn't have to do with a person named Nick or whatever. The word Nico is where we get the word Nike. From the Greek, victory through conquering, dominion. It's basically what Jesus said not to do. Lording it over as do the Gentiles. Lording your authority. The Pharisees were infamous for that, for binding heavy burdens, which were more, you know, God deals with leadership, but God also deals with rebellion against leadership. So there's balance, but we have an awesome God, no matter which side you are on. We have an awesome God that if we submit ourselves to God's pattern and allow him to mold us and shape us and press us into the kingdom, you know, you can actually be a part of a theocracy when you're surrounded by people who are a part of anarchy. And God will fight for you. You might have, we can't escape persecution. You might have opposition, you might have persecution, but God's going to be there every step of the way. How do you think Paul could have possibly praised God in such a way that it broke the chains and loose prisoners and earthquakes and even the jailer got saved and Paul got let go? There was times when he was given an escort. People were stricken with shame. You know, like they realized they overstepped their bounds and mistreated Paul. And... You know, they apologized. They, they dressed his wounds and escorted it. You know, um, wow. You know, he was a part of another realm, you know, that was manifest in his life in reality, you know, time and space. You know, he was part of a heavenly dominion. And um, God fought for him. God fought for Elijah. Even towards children. I mean, we would never want this to happen. But they, they might have been teenagers. We don't know. But they were mocking him. You know? And God fought for them. Or God fought for his, his, his you know, man of God. You know? And um, so God has come against me for having a bad attitude towards authority. And here, but he, he, he can see through everything. He sees the wounds 
okay, of being stripped away from my father when I was four years old and looking up to big brothers who are now on death row for triple homicide. You know what I mean? You know, just looking for a father, desperate, watching movies, you know, who, with Bruce Lee, you know, um, Kung Fu Theater, and then just going. I hope we're in good company, you know, children of the court. I mean, bad stuff, you know, it got worse. It got worse and worse, but I'm looking. That's how desperate, that's how powerful this whole fatherhood thing is. Five, Jesus told the Pharisees, you're of your father, the devil. That's hardcore influence, man. You know, but God, but some of those Pharisees got saved. And Paul said, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, you know, so he was on the brink of destruction, you know. Uh, but God, right on the brink of destruction, God gave him opportunity and, and showed him ultimate mercy, man. And just ministered to him for years when he wasn't even acceptable in the, in the church, you know. You know, the mountain of Arabia, you know, um, we have a, a hunch that that could have been the same mountain that Elijah was on when he heard the still small voice, but it could have been the mountain that Moses was on where um, he was given the law and he was given all kinds of revelation, the cleft of the rock and, you know, uh, but we know that Paul was taken up to the third heavens, out of body experience, whatever it was. Um, and, and given exceedingly great revelation, you know, um, wow, you know, but, um, and that was during a time when he wasn't even, they were still healing from their wounds. They still had to process the wounds, you know? Um, so while he was kind of still going through that isolation, in order to, just like Joseph, Joseph was isolated from his brothers. You know, um, God ministered to him. I love you. You know, um, this is what's going on. You know, and just totally, man, transformed Paul for years, and then called him to, you know, to be an apostle. And there were good things, by the way, in Saul of Tarsus. And God saw through, but he was against all that stuff that was of the enemy. And so there's balance, you know. And so I just, God is good, you know. Amen. God is good. And um, God bless you guys. And, um. I just I humble myself, take it, take it from yeah. if the devil's trying to seduce you into honestly, just like within the last couple weeks, and I know it sounds like I'm gonna go on for a long time, but I, I don't have much more time. Um, in the last couple of weeks, this very thing, this last thing that I is, hard, is like almost hard for me to talk about. God has actually had to deal with that with me. And it's on the Laodicean side. You know, not necessarily in the form of wanting to 
There's, there's ways we can rebel. We can either just get right up in the face of authority and say, you know, uh, I, you know, whatever. It can look many different ways. Just say, you know, just rebellion. Or there's ways that we can like silently rebel, rebel from a distance, be out there just doing whatever we want and then coming in here and kind of just conforming. I've never done that on purpose, but I have done that because I had foolishness bound in my heart. You know, but thank God that God knew that when he, the Bible says that he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Amen. And he doesn't call me up here without putting me through process. That's one thing I know because I'm not going to try to appoint myself. There's ways you can do that. You could go to a seminary. You could get a certain degree. You could go through a bunch of hoops. And you'll be seen by religion. You could be seen as something honorable. I don't want that. That was very tempting. And I was actually pursuing that for a while. I was part of a Thornwell Presbyterian Divinity College. You know, uh, part of a Whitfield Theological Seminary. And um, did I get anything good out of that stuff? Yeah. Studying the Word, yeah, yeah. But God, most of, mostly now it's just the Word of God and seeking God. And I get more from God and from the Word, you know, than I did. But the Bible talks about how the law is a schoolmaster, and that when we are in that servant level, that he will put schoolmasters in our life. There were certain principles that God knew I needed, and so he allowed a certain camp. These were real, genuine people. He allowed a certain camp to teach me a few things, you know? But... He wanted to bring me beyond that, so he put me through all kinds of different phases to bring me to where he needed to, to bring me. I, I, I didn't even know what oneness was uh, until somebody pointed it out, who, who started seeing it in me, and they're like warning me, you know, hey, um, that's false doctrine, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, but the truth is, I had gotten revelation um, of Jesus when um, when I was in prison. It doesn't matter, you know. Um, I've seen so-called Trinitarians, more oneness. You know what I mean? Like when they get caught up in Jesus, it just gets swallowed up in Jesus. You know what I mean? They're not all about, they're not trying to break God down into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I don't know how we got off on that page. Probably been hearing that for years and years and years. But there's another thing. We should not look at them as like enemies or anything like that. We need to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Win them by the character of Jesus. My wife is currently nannying for a reformed. I don't want to put them in some category. A Christian, okay? Who who has 
some, some certain influences, okay? And some of it is good and some of it's not so good, you know? And, um, but by the character, how, how does it talk about a wife winning her husband when her husband's acting out of line? It's not with a dormant, right? It's not by her good looks, a bunch of makeup like Jezebel. Nah, it's by her character. First of all, her submission to God and her submission to her husband, but she's praying for her husband. She's not endorsing the rebellion, but she's praying. And, and, um, and her chaste conduct is convicting the husband, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful. You know, I think a godly wife is just as important as a godly husband. You know, um, they're both very important. But uh, anyhow, sorry, we're going off on a lot of places. But does anybody have anything from the Lord that could be conviction, testimony? something real and just lean on the Lord you know God is here and God loves sincerity you know did you have something oh sorry you're just like okay my back's killing me I'm just going to sit up for a minute alright God bless you Amen. God bless you Amen. God bless you brother thank you that was awesome okay well, I don't know what to say because I think everything has been said. Um, but I think um, if we're, we're just going to ask the Lord to help us to really receive it into our hearts, and that will take about three minutes, and then we'll have the kids come back in, or we could just go home after that. If you just want to pray for a couple of minutes, okay? Just... Um, Praise you, Jesus. Well, let us ask God to help us. Amen. Jesus. Help us, Lord God. Help us, Lord God. Receive your word today, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, that you will impress upon us the word you want.